Curb Your Enthusiasm season premiere is over, but we are just getting started talking about Happy New Year here on the Curb Your Enthusiasm post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys who will always boycott Mocha Joe. I am Rob Sisterino, back with Akiva Winokur. Kiva, Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Rob. Um, a listener actually wrote in and said uh, that when they're bored, they listen to the Seinfeld podcast, and they were listening to the Dinner Party episode. I think that's episode mm-hmm. 74 of Seinfeld last night, yes. and I randomly said that you cannot say Happy New Year after January 15th. Mm-hmm. Not a new take for LD. I mean, this was uh, well executed, but this was uh, not an, a Curb Your Enthusiasm original. No, the the New Year's take wasn't original. There was a lot of Happy New Year during this episode. Yeah, no. It was great, though. I don't know exactly if they knew officially, like, okay, you guys are getting the January 20th premiere or 19th, whatever Sunday's date was, and that they really baked that in, or they had this idea, and then they ended up, uh, you know, forcing HBO's hand for that they had to air the show in January for the bit to work, but... Happy New Year to everybody who's listening. Well, I think I can answer that. I, I think this show uh, filmed, I believe, in the summer of 2018. Mm-hmm. Right? And then because the uh, Funkhauser dies, I think, the very beginning of 2019, and they'd already filmed the show. Oh, he's going to be in this season? No, no, no. He was sick. Like, he was supposed to be in it, and then he kept getting sick, and they think he would come back, but he never came back to set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do wonder if once they didn't make January 19 because of this episode, they need to keep it. They needed to keep it in the can until yes. the joke made sense. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if they did it for January 19 and it just never got to air till January 2020. I don't but know. This episode would have been bizarre if they aired it in May. Right. Yes. That would explain the topical Harvey Weinstein storylines. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Nobody else pointed this out, but I guess that's why people come to listen to this podcast. Yes. I, I do think they just sat on it for a while. Okay. All right. So here we are. Uh, it's Robin Akiva, not Robin Akiva Need a Podcast. We're talking about the Curb Enthusiasm season premiere. We are not doing a weekly Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast uh, that potentially will leave the door open for if there is something that happens that is so iconic, maybe we'll jump back on. But I think that we'll probably save any other Curb discussion in the micro for probably somewhere in the mailbag of Robin and Need a podcast. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. We did. Right. We, we covered season nine, which was back in 2017. So it's really been almost two and a half years Mm -hmm. since Curb, even though it feels, you know, the gap between seasons eight and nine was over six years. Yes. And people thought the show was dead. So this feels like relatively recent, but it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a minute. Of course, uh, Kevin and I have uh, not missed a beat of of late that we took a little bit of a yadis in between our Curb Enthusiasm recap. If you are just a Curb Enthusiasm recap subscriber, God bless you. God bless you. Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, recap subscriber only. And uh, Keith and I have our, our 68 podcast deep into Robin Akiva Need a Podcast, a weekly podcast where we spin a wheel of listener submitted ideas and do whatever comes up on the wheel and then discuss what should be added to the wheel for next time. Uh, that's what we've been up to. But for Larry and the Curb Gang, uh, has has much happened in terms of uh, where do we even leave off season nine? Do you re- Can you reset season nine? Um, we should have something like previously on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. By the way, I when we started Renap, I really wanted um, uh, what's what's the guy's name who does previously on Lost Lloyd Braun. Yeah, I like did a lot of research into getting Lloyd Braun to say previously on Renap for us. Mm-hmm. But yes. then I realized that would mean we'd have to like edit what happened the previous week. Mm-hmm. And then so then I was like maybe instead of Lloyd Braun, we could get uh, the guy who played Lloyd Braun on Seinfeld. Maybe, but there's two. So, uh, but I couldn't get either of them or the real Lloyd Braun. Anyway, where'd we left? Where'd we leave off at the end of season nine? So there's the um, Lin Manuel Miranda play fatwa, right? Mm-hmm. That Larry's making, and then there's a fatwa against Larry, uh, and then I think they try and kill him, and they don't. Um, and uh, uh, that I, I think uh, he gets chased by Iranian men on the street, and then the season ended. But there, I guess he did not get killed from the fatwa. Okay. 
So here we are in uh, season ten. I, I don't know if, if do we want to do sort of like beat by beat. Do you want to talk about your you know uh, what worked, what didn't work, our favorite moments? How, how do you want to tackle this? Um, yeah, we could talk about bigger picture stuff. I will say, like, just going back to general macro ideas for season nine, we really mm-hmm. did not we did, did not love season nine at all, mm-hmm. the two of us. Yeah, and one of the reasons was that there was just no, um. There are almost not. I don't want to say stakes, but there's there's really nothing holding Larry back now that Cheryl's completely out of the picture, like she was last season. Mm-hmm. And Larry just walks around being an a hole to everybody, and there's no consequences to what he does. So it's it's a little cartoony. Mm-hmm. You, it used to be Larry would have come up, and now it's just things happen. And also back in the old days of Vintage Curb, everything would tie in to tie together at the end of the episode, at the end of the season, and then. Last season, we'd be like, oh, we're going to see those people again. And then their names would just never come up. Well, it was difficult at the end of episode one to kind of determine, okay, what is an ongoing storyline and what Mm -hmm. is a one-off here in the first episode? Do you feel like you have a good sense of what the arc of the season is going to be? Yes. My sense is the only thing here from season one, from episode one, that's going to be an ongoing storyline is the Mocha Joe storyline where Larry is opening up a neighboring rival cafe to his to his hated rival mocha joe i would say yes I, I agree with that but then also is the larry cheryl ted danson love triangle also ah, okay. going to be an ongoing storyline i'll say yes but there's no way they have 10 episodes of ted danson or cheryl hines i don't think yeah so i think that will come up again that's a good point but maybe in like only two or three more episodes you know on sunday night i was uh, talking with my wife about what should we watch what do you want to watch uh, that we could watch curb enthusiasm or the good place and i realized oh my god we're, we are such huge ted danson stands at this house which ted danson show do you want to watch you're such a big Ted Danson fan that you watched his ex-girlfriend show last week for Robin Kivanita podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, of, of course. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> Love. Oh, a- anything Ted Danson. Um, so, Akiva, yeah, I, I do think that that's going to be an uh, ongoing storyline. The, uh, you know, the, the farce of, okay, we're sneaking around behind Ted Danson's back. Do you think that this season culminates with it being the final season of Curb and a Larry and Cheryl reconciliation? I mean, is this the final season? That's another good question we could get to the bottom of. I don't know. Everyone feels very old this season. You think so? Right? I, I think everyone got, even though it hasn't been that long, everyone got much older looking. Yeah. Curb Enthusiasm is a, a very weird timeline. I did see some articles that came up uh, around the time of the season premiere. But this is, what, 20 years for Curb Enthusiasm? 10 seasons yeah, this, over 20 this years? Show is, yeah, this show is older than, like, you, you know, much older than Facebook, let's just say. Yeah, what's older, you know? Curb Enthusiasm or Survivor? Oh, uh, uh, Curb is old. Um, well, Curb starts October 15th. But, of 2000. Uh, but there is a special... There's a special that airs in 99. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's like a prequel that airs in 99. So the idea definitely predates Survivor. Yeah. So here, here it is. Uh, I mean, amazingly, just that the character of Leon, Le- Leon was a refugee from Hurricane Katrina, <laughs> which was in 2005, I think. Yeah. Right. And he's been regular for so long, you almost forget that he wasn't always a regular. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that uh, could there be a Curb Enthusiasm spinoff uh, built around Leon? Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. You know, we said the same thing about Entourage, a show maybe we'll talk about one day. Um, that uh, Bill, this is a Bill Simmons take too. That mm-hmm. that the show should have spun off and been about about like uh, uh, what's his name, uh, f- Jerry Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, like just them like spin off and and like have him take over a, you know a rapper's entourage or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Leon could carry the show for sure. Okay, so you don't think that Leon should go move in somebody else's guest house? You think that uh, that the show could work? You would watch for thirty minutes a week of uh, of Leon. Absolutely, I think you could have a Leon spin off. Uh, I think I think it would work. By the way, uh, we were talking about adding a third uh, panelist to this episode, yeah. Alexander Chester. And one of the reasons was because he actually went to the Curb premiere in New York. I'm not sure how he finagled tickets, but he sat in front of J.B. Smoove, Leon. Mm-hmm. So he is more important yeah. in the Curb universe than 
than even J.B. Smooth, who's look, who looked really uh, dapper. He was really dapper. <laughs> and he was right. sitting right behind Larry. So he had yeah. a lot of... Uh, of uh, in- interesting uh, insights from the from the I mean from for years though on Kirby's enthusiasm uh JB Smoove is the best character right Yeah I I think everything Leon says is like an immediate laugh line I do think he's it used to be Susie and now I I think the Susie stuff is a little played out I'm not sick of her but like we're 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 so used to it that we expect her to yell and scream so Leon, I think, has has replaced her as the best character. Okay. I want to know, just big picture, one other thing, Akiva. Are we supposed to like Larry? Because uh, Larry is uh, might be the worst person. And uh, that I, I feel like that it used to be, okay, oh, we're all Larry. But I'm not even sure he's redeemable at this point. It's a great question. We debated it a little bit in season nine. Larry is just an abominable person. <laughs> um. I, I do think that um, he is somehow much less likable. Like he started as this like deplorable, no, no pun intended character. Mm-hmm. And now he has just, you know, him snapping the the first scene of the season is he snaps a tourist selfie stick. Mm-hmm. And then there's no like he just walks away. There's they don't mention it. There's no there's right. no follow up. He just keeps walking. Again, there's no consequences to anything Larry does anymore. Right. He knocks over a whole bunch of bird scooters. Nothing. <laughs> Uh, but I do think part of it is that uh, he, when he does things like that, I think that there's some like, uh, isn't that great? Like, uh, don't we all wish we could be Larry and be able to do these things with with no repercussions? The, that's not the stuff that I think makes him genuinely unlikable. I, I mean, let's go to the end of the episode. This episode ends with Larry sort of bull rushing and knocking over a woman who's in labor. Yeah. And again, like, she's the bad guy in that sort of uh, debate. Right, right. And I just even felt like that uh, as a joke that uh, I felt like that it should have been, you know, uh, Larry, like, brushes up against her and she goes nuts and says, like, hey, do you know what you did? Like, if there, if anything happens with my pregnancy, it's your fault. Like, I feel like that that would be even, like, more of a joke because then – that she did all these other things that he is saying that are not good for the baby. And then she blames him. I mean, yeah, like he really could, like, who knows what he did? He knocked over a woman. She's in labor. Yeah. And so that lady is an example of somebody we will not see again. I think you don't think we see the baby. No, I don't think we say the baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I, I felt like that the, the storyline with, with Susie, I mean, uh, that hear me out on this, Uncle Kiwi, but mm-hmm. so Larry is, you know, uh, really very worked, uh, you know, working up a real sweat on the Peloton, which that Larry had is a very elaborate home gym. Uh, I'm not sure why he goes to another gym to walk on a treadmill. Do um yeah I guess Larry's so grossed out by other people also like mm-hmm. he should have his own private gym for he, many reasons he Doesn't seemingly does sense. though uh so he is like uh profusely sweating on the Peloton Cheryl comes over and then his solution to this uh rendezvous with Cheryl is that he's gonna go get uh talked up. So he goes and he gets the talcum powder from Leon and then he uh allows Cheryl to uh, attempt an act on it. This is no no shower, talked up. He's covered in sweat. What what kind of monster is this? Yeah, how does Cheryl not say, just run in the shower? What's going on here? <laughs> I don't even understand how he gets in his own bed. That, that to, to get in his own bed in that condition is pretty gross. Yeah, and Larry's a particularly finicky guy, so it's it's especially bizarre for him to do it. But I guess... Listen, he's, he's, his ex-wife is coming to his house. Like he doesn't have a lot of time to, yeah. you know, to like he he doesn't want her to second guess her decision. Yeah, I'm not sure if this makes Larry or Cheryl the freakiest freak, but uh, yeah. this was I uh, was uh, b- just completely blown away. No pun intended. Yeah, it was wild. It was pretty <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. Do we know? Um, uh, Ali Lasher asks, do we know uh, of any previous allergy that Cheryl had or was, did this come out? Was this totally made up for this for the scene? Because Larry was married to this woman for many years. Mm-hmm. He's unaware of an allergy. I feel like even the least 
caring husband on earth would know their wife's allergies. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Larry isn't a big talcum powder guy. Right. Maybe it never came up. Maybe she said once I'm allergic to talcum powder. He's like, well, we don't have that in the house. Yeah. Have you come across the uh, big talcum powder guy at the gym? Where would I be in a gym <laughs> to come across the talcum powder guy? What gym in your head? What gym do I go to? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, I don't know the, if I've ever been in a gym. Yeah. The only thing I know about talcum powder is whenever the owners of our football team are paying out like uh, multi-million dollar settlements to people. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, like, I don't think the owner of our football team is smart enough to own Johnson & Johnson. He just mm-hmm. inherited some money from it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you want to you uh, bounce around with uh, different storylines throughout the episode, things that we uh, really liked and then, uh, uh, things that we didn't like as much? Uh, yeah, so one of the big headlines was that Jeff Garland looks a lot like Harvey Weinstein. Which is a great joke. That but th- yeah. that part of the story was a home run for me. Yeah, I Hilarious. feel like they realized it and they were sitting on it. And, and I, I never thought of it personally. I don't know if you had. <laughs> I'm sure he gets it a lot. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it, it didn't come out of nowhere. Nobody was like, no, it wasn't like one of the writers saying, hey, do you look like him? I'm sure he, Jeff Garland, uh, has, has been getting it for years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was good and now 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 that it's really bad yeah um yeah so that i think that really paid off i don't know if that's going to be like a running storyline throughout the season maybe it will be but yeah that was definitely a home run people real that re- social media really i think social media was actually really kind to this episode yes um there was more big laughs and it was a long episode it was 37 minutes yeah. there were more big laughs in this episode than i think any season nine episode yeah i mean i think that's kind of what curb is where i think it's uh, sort of like the baseball player that you know uh, might hit two home runs in a game but also you know strike out another four times in the same game yeah i I, but it's a little bit more like uh you know the simpsons or like family guy in its heyday where it's like it's just jokes at this point Mm -hmm. we're we're not the storylines are almost irrelevant and immaterial to what's going on so are you saying that in terms of like the plot being tight, or are you saying in terms of that you want to see more of a story in a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode? Uh, I think the plot should be tighter in that things should tie together like they used to, mm-hmm. and I want to I want to see more of it. Like I want to, I, I it just it last season's felt so lazy, and even though this this episode was much funnier than almost anything in last season, mm-hmm. I still have very low confidence that they're not going to have like a five episode rut mm-hmm. where. Nothing, you know, nothing's coming back. And, you know, other than maybe the one Mocha Joe storyline that who knows if we'll be sick of by episode four. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much else is going to be going on. It's not it was so tightly scripted before. And now it feels like they're just doing it all on the fly. So the other part of the storyline that comes out of the, uh, you know, Jeff looks like uh, Harvey Weinstein is uh, the uh, Larry is uh, accused, wrongfully accused of the uh, sexual harassment with uh, the waitress. I thought it was funny that he ended it, that the waitress got the wrong impression that he's eyeing her. But in terms of like his assistant at work where then uh, she comes in and then was that a big thing? Harvey Weinstein wears a bathrobe. I think so. I don't know. I, think so. I, I, I have some takes on on both those. In terms of the waitress, the, it's fine to have him seem like an accidental predator, but Larry basically crosses the line into being a predator. Like he does, he is extremely aggressive in that like side kitchen with mm-hmm. the waitress, and then grabs for the thing and like grabs her breast and then holds it for like four seconds. When even though it was an accident, mm-hmm. like she is right to be mad. You know what I mean? It's not like a misunderstanding, <laughs> right? And then also, he's definitely over the line with uh, when he's cleaning his glasses with the assistant's shirt. Like, who yeah. who, who would do this? How is, how is right. Larry not wrong for doing this? Yeah, it, it used to be like Larry was on our side and, and we'd say like, oh, yeah, like, how come can't, people can't do that? <laughs> like, There's that nobody clamoring. To do. As a person who like my glasses are, you know, always need to be cleaned. And, you know, when my dad sees me, the first thing he does is like clean my glasses. Mm-hmm. The like, I'm always trying to have, like, but I know, and I'm barely a person, and I know I can't, like, use the person next to me, even, like, my wife or my kid's shirt to clean my glasses. Like, there is no, that's not, like, a thing. Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, so, you know, Larry at this point is basically, I think he's gotten old in, in you know, in the show. He's gotten old, and so he's sort of given up 
on any sort of pretense of caring about what society cares. And, but then at the end of the episode, then when his assistant walks in, the, you're telling me that when she starts, she goes nuts and she is like, wait, and you're friends with him? So his assistant has never met Jeff, who... Doesn't make any know, sense. Uh, Such is a flaw. Supposed to be like Larry's best friend who's always in his office in, in the show that, that she thinks that like, oh, Harvey Weinstein is here and then also... That he got Larry wearing a bathrobe, and uh, so and that I felt like that that part of the storyline uh, did not hold up, and I'm really hoping that this is not going to be part of a season long arc of that that Harvey there are going to be charges that are going to be brought up against Larry. I, I would hope not. Why? I mean, why would you want your main character to be me tooed on on a show? It doesn't make any sense. But it, yeah, it's crazy that Larry would have an assistant, and they didn't say like, "Oh, you're new. This is your first day here." Yeah. That wouldn't know his best friend slash manager, the only person in his life. Like it, it's ridiculous. Who, who does an unannounced pop in yeah. to the office? Like it's not like he's a stranger. That's you know she's a bad manager. I mean she is being harassed yeah. at work. I feel bad, but I, I watched the episode know. a second time before we came on. I will say that the one thing that had me laughing out loud the, on the second viewing, there was a number of things from the first viewing, but when Larry is spitting out the cereal all over the road. Uh, that uh, that <laughs> when he finds the dog hair uh, that had me uh, crying a second time. Yeah, the dog hair is fun. Now you uh, have been a dog owner. I have never mm-hmm. been a dog owner. What is the rule with sharing a bowl? Do you have to watch it, or is it a separate dog bowl? Yeah, there's no crossover of you know human balls and dog balls. That uh, that uh, I would think. Um, I don't know who's doing that. I think some people like wouldn't want the dog to mix with the human for the other reason. What do you like, mean? They value their dog so much more they wouldn't give like a guest in their house the special dog bowl. Uh, I mean, you. I don't think you would serve any human like the from the dog's bowl, and uh, not because the dog is so special. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know it was a thing. I'm sure some people do it, but I would imagine they're not the majority. That is a little wild. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people that, that, you know, are more generous in terms of like what they feed their dog and, and like use the same, yeah. the same, uh, the same dish. But I think that, you know, once everything's in the dishwasher, I mean, I'm crazy, but I feel like I'm not, uh, that crazy. Like if, if a dog ate out of a bowl and then it went through the dishwasher, I would use that bowl. That's interesting. I think this was a hand washing situation, though. I think that that yeah. was it was uh, a rinse. Yeah, a rinse, a rinse, and not a good one. Um, yeah, you want to talk about Mocha Joe? Uh, what did you make of Mocha? First off, do, that Mocha Joe, I, I, I guess was a previous character. Do you have any recollection of the first appearance yes. of Mocha Joe? It didn't hit me right away, but now I do remember it. So, in you know, we never covered um, the Seinfeld episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm when they do a mm-hmm. a Seinfeld reunion. But in the finale of season seven, and the episode is called Seinfeld, Mocha Joe asks, Larry asks Mocha Joe for a favor when they're on set. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mocha Joe owns like some sort of uh, pop-up, like little coffee stand there on, on set, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. And he, uh, Larry asks him for a favor, and then Mocha Joe expects a tip, which is why they, you know, they brought that back uh, during this episode also. Mm-hmm. There are some real callbacks okay. uh, to their own show. So they, and then, if you remember, Mocha Joe S ends up asking Larry to get the beans for him. Like, Mocha Joe asked Larry for an enormous favor uh, mm. in that episode. So he's, like, the main part of that key episode, which, uh, you know, ends with, I believe, Larry and, and Cheryl uh, for the last time. Like, she, you know, leaves him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was 11 years ago in terms of everything. That was in 2009. So they're bringing yeah. back an 11-year-old character. So not it's fair if you don't remember it. You could still be a... A curb fan and and not remember Mocha Joe. Yeah. Okay. So Mocha Joe is back. We see uh, Larry and Leon end up going into uh, Mocha Joe's store, and uh, there's some uh, debate over whether Mocha Joe knows how to make a scone. Uh, Keeve, are you a big scone mm. guy? I, I have. N- I'm not a scone guy. I don't think I've ever had a scone. I'm more of a fan of soft pastries than hard pastries. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I think I'd much rather have a muffin than a scone. I don't think I'm a scone guy. Uh, yeah, no, muffins are obviously the superior food to scones. It doesn't make any sense. I will say I am a big 
coffee temperature guy and just the fact that mm. there's even a debate of if mocha joe has hot coffee or not i'm out on mocha joe i'm all in on this yeah, boycott. Well, that's why we're boycotting that's yeah. why we're boycotting <laughs> uh will you drink iced coffee intentionally though i'll drink iced coffee intentionally but i almost always would rather have hot coffee even if it's you know 110 degrees outside sure. I, I, i'll still drink hot coffee as opposed to uh seeking out the the cold coffee and how do you check if coffee's hot or not, Rob? Stick my nose in it. Okay, fine. No. Uh, that's that's correct. That's crazy. I mean, if coffee is hot, steam is coming off of it. I feel like that this is a very easy tell of that you can tell. Like you could even just hold it up to your face. You don't need to stick any appendage into a cup of scalding liquid to tell if it's hot. Yeah, but then, then Mocha Joe could say, like, no, I see steam. You don't see the steam, but I see the steam. Mm-hmm. You stick your nose in it. That's ultimate proof. I guess I, so. I sort of I, I also like that on the same day that Larry, because I think this has traction, like sticking your nose in the hot coffee. Now I've seen this all over the Internet this week. Mm-hmm. The same day we saw uh, Larry do this, we saw a in, in the big AFC championship game, we saw Ryan Tannehill in the cold weather in Kansas City turning the iPad pages with his nose. Yes, yes. So a big, big day for you, you know, using your nose for alternative purposes. Yeah. Uh, I think Adam Gase taught him that. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Uh, did you uh, write up the rankings of the handsomest coach on Facebook? Did you do that or somebody else did that? No, that's not my style. Chester ranked all 32 coaches by handsomeness. Yeah. Uh, I say Adam Gase, uh, very, very unfairly, uh, like a twenty eighth uh, below. Uh, like you think even, he should be last? I, I don't think he should be last. I don't. I, I don't think he should be worse than Mike McCarthy. And well, Mike McCarthy is the ugliest NFL coach. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I feel like that Adam, Andy that Adam Reed? Gase, he's a lot. He's a lot younger. Yeah, but he's got his his nose is really messed up. I think the beard helps. I think the beard helps him. I don't um, think he's a bottom do, are, five. Uh, the Forty Nineers in the Super Bowl. Coach. Do you think? Do you think Kyle Shanahan's hot? Honestly, I don't know enough of what he looks like. I mean, you want me to Google okay. him real quick? Yeah, Google I mean, images we, Kyle Shanahan. Okay, I, don't know, I feel like we're. I mean, we could do like which which NFL coach is hotter and bet on that team. <laughs> you know what Andy Reid looks like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, McVay is a hot guy. Sean McVay is probably the. Hottest I think coach, Kyle right? Shanahan has better hair than Adam Gase, but I think it's similar. Mm-hmm. I think it's close. Is McVeigh the hottest coach in the NFL? We'll be off football in like 10 seconds, guys. <laughs> I don't think so. I wouldn't say hottest, number one. Who is Chester's hottest coach? I don't remember. I, I only skimmed the rankings. <laughs> we'll have to okay. double check. I, I, I don't know if this is a peak podcasting or if we've actually <laughs> completely gone off the rails. We lost. We definitely lost people. That's for sure. Uh, also, another thing with the assistant, Rob, what do you think? I don't have any tattoos. I believe you don't have any tattoos. No. Um, what I do, th- I have had instances where people talk about a tattoo or like they're talking about a tattoo, but they can't show it to you. Cause like mm-hmm. you're at work and it's like, you know, it's not necessarily like on a private area, but mm-hmm. it's like not an area that's easily accessible at work. Like, you know, under their pants or something. Yeah. yeah I-, I do think like if a tattoo, if the meaning of a tattoo is personal to you, don't be, I mean, yes, you don't need to answer every stranger on the street, but if you're like close with somebody or it's like a coworker you see every day. You should have a backup answer. Just make something up. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to tell them the real answer, but tell them something. Yeah. I don't know enough about tattoos, I, I, but I'm not going to ask about anybody's tattoo. I no, know but if they... To not, now, yeah, to not LD anything. brings it up. Right. LD brings it up. So mm-hmm. I, you should not do that. But if a person's going on and on, hey, I just got a new tattoo, I think mm-hmm. you can then ask. That's an invite to say, like, well, what is it? Or, you know, what's it about? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. if you don't want to say, just have a fake. And this is, works for a lot of things in life. Just have a fake second answer. Fake second answer. answer that's not real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just it's something I like. That's it. That's good. That'll yeah. work. Or, or like, just go with like, uh, you know, it was my grandma's favorite uh, art or something. Like, just answer anything that will, you will not get any more follow-ups. You'll never have to worry about it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's uh, jump around to... Uh, okay, so there's a big party at... <laughs> at uh, Jeff and Susie's house. Boy, Jeff and Susie love to entertain. What's crazy is like, we've seen them throw a lot of parties, but we have never seen this apparently famous ventriloquist act before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we need to bring back with a divorced couple. 
that, you know, I mean, do you believe that they do this all the time? We just happen to have never seen it before. Uh, well, I guess that maybe it was something that, that they did back when uh, Larry and Cheryl first started dating. Mm-hmm. Was that she is his assistant in the ventriloquist act? I guess. I, I, and oh, Ted you think Danson that's how they wanted, met? To, wanted to see it. So, I mean, it seemed like it was the kind of thing that they had not done in a very long time. Yeah, I guess. But again, it's been nine years, really, since uh, season eight. So, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know. But they so they needed to do the ventriloquist act. Also at the party, we uh, th- heard about the big goodbye for the first time. Wieneker, are you familiar yeah. with the big goodbye? Was this a real thing prior to Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, and this episode? Okay, so one of the the geniuses of of Larry and and Jerry from Seinfeld is that they put a name to something that people have sort of known existed, but never really mm-hmm. said out loud. So the idea of not seeing somebody at some event and then just making sure before the end, like, oh, hey, I really wish I'd seen you. We could have hung out the whole time. Let's mm-hmm. do lunch and then never speaking to them again. We've all sort of experienced that in some form. Maybe it's not at a party. Maybe it's, you know, you're avoiding a kid at a, you know, another parent at a kid's birthday party yeah. or, you know. It could be for me in synagogue or wherever. It's like, oh, you know, oh, I'll catch, you know, we're leaving now, but we'll catch you another time. It's the old AOL, like, oh, I'm signing offline now, but uh, I'm just here for less. <laughs> yeah, they, they do that on the slam. circle, like, uh, like, yeah. oh, I got to go in the shower. Okay. I wish we could have talked. But uh, they're just, they're naming it. But what they're really doing now is preventing you from being able to do it in the future, because now people know about the big goodbye. You giving me and- the big goodbye? Yeah, I invented the big goodbye. So mm-hmm. I do think it, it made it riskier to big goodbye people now. Yeah. But I definitely know people who are big, big goodbye people. Oh, you do? I think so. I don't want to call them out, but I know mm-hmm. someone for sure who's who's like the queen of big goodbyes. Queen of big goodbyes. A woman. I think so. A woman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a king somewhere also. So the person that Larry gives the big goodbye to, or at least attempts to, is Phil Rosenthal, who mm-hmm. met, uh, I actually, I, I, I met Phil Rosenthal one time. Wow. And and wh- how, what was the goodbye situation like? I, I don't remember. I don't remember the big goodbye uh, situation, but uh, that you are famously, you're a Raymond hater, right? No, I, I just wasn't a fan, but I definitely don't hate Raymond. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I had met Phil Rosenthal at the uh, 2003 CBS Upfront that he was there. And mm. he was uh, sitting at the table with Mark Burnett. I guess that him and his wife are Survivor fans. And I got the chance to uh, uh, hang out uh, with Phil Rosenthal one night. Did not get asked to go to Ethiopia. But... He was mm. that he had asked uh, Mark Burnett if I was going to be on Survivor All Stars, and Mark Burnett had responded that is the Pope Polish. So that uh, Phil Rosenthal uh, at least uh, at least was uh, a uh, interested Survivor fan in two thousand and three. Well, what a wingman he was for you, because who knows? What if you were on the bubble and then yeah, you know, like, you oh, know the Rosenthal people who run that show love yeah love celebrities caring. So I wonder what twists Phil Rosenthal has has you know implemented on survivor that we don't know about in the last 15 years yeah pr- uh, probably not many i, I would I, I wouldn't think uh that you don't think he's still watching mm, he's out uh probably not i don't uh i've heard him also he's uh used to go on like the adam carolla podcast uh used to yeah, yeah. um he i mean he gets around like he has that netflix show uh I, th- I happen to think by the way the phil stuff here uh, with the second scene is brilliant i do think like we haven't really seen that before mm-hmm. in pop culture and I, it could have been very stale uh this maga hat bit that you could explain in a uh, second yeah because again they they filmed it over 18 months ago like who knows what could have happened in the world mm-hmm. you know maybe the maga hats would be replaced by another slogan anything could happen yeah uh, so the president could be replaced like but yeah, yeah they, I think they nailed it. I think this is really good. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, that Phil is going to call out Larry for the the. Oh, you're giving me the big goodbye, and he 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 disavows that he is he is not doing the big goodbye. That they're going to end up having uh having a lunch, uh, and then also at the party we find out that Richard Lewis is going to boycott Mocha Joe. Solidarity. Yeah. No, I like that. I do like the solidarity. Uh, do Do you have any solidarity boycotts with like oh somebody. You know, a friend of a friend is bad, so now like you're anti them or something. Do you have any solidarity points? Uh, 
I don't know. If somebody that was my friend really had like a falling out with another podcast, I, I would not mm. go on that podcast. Okay, so if I was like, Haley Strong was really mean to me, mm -hmm. you can never go on the Bachelor podcast again. You would well, do I've that for me? I've known Haley Strong longer than you. Oh, so you're saying if Haley Strong said Akiva was mean yeah. to me, <laughs> yeah. then you'd have to quit yes. or nap. Yes, yes wow. that's correct. I lost the friend face-off to Haley Strong. I mean, well, I Haley Strong is cool. Oh, for a Canadian. <laughs> uh, and we're going to get the uh, ventriloquist act of the party. Uh, and Larry is going to end up uh, taking Cheryl home. Are we supposed to be pro-Larry and Cheryl? Are we supposed to be rooting for Larry and Cheryl to get back together, Akiva? It's very sad, but to me, it's incredibly important that Larry and Cheryl... Like, my parents never got divorced. They're still mm -hmm. married. To me, this is like the closest anything, you know, to my parents getting divorced. Is Larry and Cheryl splitting up. I need them to get back together. But isn't it like part of the story for us to get there? Like, doesn't like Ted Dance, like so far Ted Dance is being painted as like, oh, well, Ted Danson's like such a good guy. They're like, don't we need to see Ted Danson is, you know, a Satanist or something for us to get to the point where we're rooting for Larry and Cheryl to get back together? Are you really rooting for Ted Danson over... Larry? I mean, here's that Larry it was is a bad person. That mm -hmm. he and Cheryl divorced. are divorced. We're we're being told Ted Danson is a good guy that uh seems like a better match for Cheryl in many, many ways. And then here comes Larry, who is, you know, uh the other man. I mean, she's dating Ted Danson. And yes, they were sneaking around at one point last season when they first got together. He also poisons her in this episode. He's not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just don't know. I feel morally conflicted, even rooting for them to get back together. I understand, but I, yes, I, I think it's Larry's like, like I got our here first, legend. but she's with Ted Danson. Um, Larry's going to was the a bad great place, right? Oh, for sure. Larry, is, is there like an even worse place than the bad place? I'm not up to date on the bad on the good place show. But Larry's definitely not going to the good place. He's not in purgatory. Ted Danson. I mean, Cheryl Hines on the show is this like angelic character other than now that she's cheating on her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so she can I, feel I she morally superior to him. The, the only one who's really destined for the good place, like Susie, Jeff, bad place people, Leon, you know, neutral to bad. Mm -hmm. Medium place. The only... He's in the medium place. The only person who's really... He'll have fun there. Uh, yeah. I mean, Larry Larry wouldn't know what to do with himself in a good place. There was a good question. Um, I think we discussed it briefly in 2017 from our uh, old uh, late great listener, Dominic Malpietti, which was, is Larry David on Curb a worse person than all the Seinfeld core four? But I guess most specifically George, because George is the worst of mm -hmm. the core four. Yes. So well, who's a worse person? Larry David or George Costanza? Although, I mean, George I guess, is responsible for a murder. I don't know if Larry has killed anybody. A, a, a murder? Right? I, is he responsible for a murder? Or I mean, well, I think we counted a bunch of deaths that George mm -hmm. was responsible for, right? On yeah. throughout Kerr. But I mean, most famously Susan. But that's you know less his fault than a couple other deaths. Yeah. I don't know. It is a good question. But I think Larry at this point is really running up the score on George. Yeah. No, I, I think that <laughs> Larry, Larry is a lot worse. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, get to what, what I thought was the best part of the episode where uh, Larry ends up going to that lunch with Phil Rosenthal. But first, Uncle Keevy, let me just take a moment mm -hmm. and thank a sponsor for this episode mm. of the podcast. And this Thursday, only on CBS All Access, a legend returns, Sir Patrick Stewart to you, reprises his iconic role as Captain Jean-Luc Picard in the highly anticipated original series Star Trek. Picard, follow this hero on an unexpected mission as he travels into the far reaches of the galaxy and battles against the odds to fight for what's right with the help of a new crew of complicated, funny, and memorable characters. Picard's boundary-pushing adventures promises to extend the captain's legacy, defying expectations along the way. 
Stewart will be joined by beloved cast members from across the Star Trek universe, including Brent Spiner, Jerry Ryan, and Jonathan Frakes. The journey is about to begin, so sign up today for CBS All Access by visiting cbs.com slash postshow. That's cbs.com slash postshow. Get your first week of CBS All Access for free and stream Star Trek Picard this Thursday. Yes, Akiva, if you want to keep your eyes on a older bald man who is a good role model check out star trek Ooh. picard shots fired doo, doo. yeah <laughs> i don't <laughs> i mean i don't Torpedo's know picard, fired. But, yeah yeah but i i believe that he's a better person than much LD. better much better that you want to mm-hmm. you know you that that is a bald man you could follow to the to, you know depths of deep space uh not larry not ld What's his famous catchphrase? May the force be with you? No, no, no. Make it so. Make it so. Oh, okay. All right. That's not a famous catchphrase. That's what. That's, that's his, his catchphrase. catchphrase. What do you want? What do you want? From make me? it so. Yeah. I never heard of it. <laughs> should that be our catchphrase? We're doing a catchphrase uh, podcast this weekend. Should make it so. Should we take that? Because I don't. Yeah. Think, let's get I don't, hats. I don't, uh, uh, make it so. Make it so. Great again. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. Are they going to be right. red? Uh, all right. Uh, so, no, it comes up at the party that uh, that Jeff is uh, d- does not like somebody else because uh, they wear the Make America Great Again hat. Uh, nobody wants to be around. A light bulb goes off in Larry's head that that's how he's going to get out of this lunch with Phil Rosenthal. And I have to say, I was crying at this part in the episode. Yeah, it's incredible. I, it, it was so well thought out. It was so funny. Uh, honestly, like I know a lot of people obviously would never put on a MAGA hat, but the idea of using it to and get out of things would. is really funny. I did, you know, I, I've talked about my struggle to get the the Twitter handle at Kiev. Uh, you know, listeners always tweet at mm-hmm. KEV, and she'll block you for asking. You know, <laughs> and even if we say like, "Hey, I'll give you ten thousand dollars for the name," because I'm at Kiev twenty six, she won't. Yeah, she won't respond. But she's not really on Twitter. She has like two followers, but she only follows like parody trump accounts and clearly hates trump yeah so i did think about like saying like i'm gonna move to a swing state and vote for trump if you don't sell me the handle so yeah. i like i have sort of had this thought before but this is pretty well thought but out. you're blocked no i'm not blocked for some okay. reason just everyone else who tweets at her is blocked okay uh so phil rosenthal uh very uncomfortable with larry larry getting a lot of dirty looks at the restaurant i have to say that akiva i I thought this was the uh best trump campaign ad i've ever seen yeah it is pretty funny yeah um Uh, i i mean i also like the scene afterwards where he's oh the whole montage was great yeah the montage is incredible where the biker like leaves him alone when he puts on the maga hat Yes, yes. I I really felt like, wow, what a, what a superpower this would be to be able to get out of all these things that you don't that you don't want to do uh just with a magical mm-hmm. hat. Do you think you should drive around with like a Bernie hat and like every candidate and and then just like just in case? <laughs> just in case. So, all right, so are, are there like certain things you can get out of with like a Yang hat? No, I think the Klobuchar crew will get will let you out of uh, of some speeding tickets. No, you have to, you wear a Mayor Pete hat to uh, go to a, like a Klobuchar gathering. Okay, uh, so you feel like they have the whole suitcase full of hats, just because- all all like twenty of them. You got like the yeah. Tom Steyer, you know, money, whatever, and. Mm-hmm. and- uh, what was the Bloomberg shirts we saw on, on the View <laughs> yeah, last week? I like week? Mike. I think it's. I like Mike. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there is like the 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 corollary of like you know your like so you know there's places like uh, in the South that you could go to and but there's no signature item that you could wear like uh, you know an AOC pin or whatever. No, not everybody has a signature item. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I think an AOC pin would get definitely get you out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it would be very confusing if you were just like left AOC pin on, also had a MAGA hat on, <laughs> had your Klobuchar Klobuchar <laughs> well, you're just sticker to on your car. Everybody, yeah, yeah. You're just confusing people at that point. Yeah, uh, but uh, that was a uh, fantastic scene in the in the episode. Uh, Phil Rosenthal, you think comes back or no? No, I think it was a one off guest spot. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised Jeff Garland said he won't even play uh, golf with a MAGA guy, but then was like very 
unconcerned when Larry was wearing the hat. He was like, oh, why are you wearing that hat? That's weird. Yeah, but, but then he literally Larry just said he wouldn't even play golf it, with them. He said yeah. that was brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. Maybe so, maybe we'll see Jeff do it in the future. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all going to do it. Uh, so uh, Richard Lewis is breaking the boycott at Mocha Joe. Uh, I have, I've said this a couple times. I, I find Richard Lewis to not be such a great character on the show. You hate Richard Lewis. He's your least favorite character. Yeah. I mean, he's a loathsome person on the show also. I, maybe in real life, he's a delight. I don't know. Yeah. But... I mean, like, is it's it just very me? clear. Is, he, is, is Richard Lewis really, he's really funny on the show? I, like, I know he's a, he's I mean, a gifted uh, comedian, but I just find mm-hmm. his character just to be, uh, you know, n- never that interesting. When you said that, when you dropped this take uh, a couple of years ago, there was definitely people on your side, but there were, a, there were definitely a couple of people who were like, no, Rob is way off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, but I don't care about other people. I care about you. No, I'm with you. He's my least favorite character. I don't okay. think I hit him as much as you, but... First of all, in this scene, like, come on, you said you said you'd boycott, not I won't go with you. What does that mean? Like, you're you're not. He's banned. Like, you can't <laughs> even go in the store. Right. Especially to go drink Mocha Joe's cold coffee. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, then we're going to see Larry. Eventually, he sees that the uh, shop next door is uh, is for sale. I do love this idea of the spite store that Larry has, you know, all these resources. He's going to put his time into opening up a store to put Mocha Joe out of business. I was surprised, though, when Larry says that he's going to open up a coffee shop to compete with mocha joe i feel like that there are a number of different ways he can go with opening up a shop next door that's going to prevent anybody from wanting to go next door to mocha joe well so what would you do i you could have like uh i mean you could further the trump stuff and have like trump headquarters in la right there yeah but i think those guys are going to go in and get coffee from mocha joe yeah that's true okay fine how about this uh like a baby goat petting uh (laughs) storefront Right. So it just stinks and nobody will go in. It's so smelly. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things that you could do there to uh, prevent Mocha Joe to, uh, from being able to have a nice business next door to him. Where is this going, though? That, do you feel like that there is a lot of runway here for Latte Larry versus Mocha Joe this season? I'm not sure. It's a good question. I do think it's going to be the key storyline. I don't know if it's going to be in all 10 episodes, but I do think it's going to be a big deal. I like the idea. Again, we, we've discussed this before. Larry is so rich on, you know, in real life and therefore on the show. Like on, bo- on the show, he is the creator of Seinfeld. He's a very wealthy man. You should do more with that. It is funny, Richie Rich style, to just be able to do cartoon type things with your money, right? Mm-hmm. Like buy a store for no reason. Yeah. So, you know, you should take advantage of the fact that your character is a zillionaire. How do you feel about wobbly tables, Akiva? It clearly bothers Larry David. It wasn't the strength of the episode, but I, that is a very typical Larry thing to be worried about the wobbly table. You know, it reminds me of Do You Respect Wood from the uh, mm-hmm. from from from, you know, a previous season finale yeah. where, where, you know, Larry Larry is very hung up on furniture. Yeah, I don't like the wobbly table. I sort of I get it in Mocha Joe. Uh, I find it hard to imagine that you could have a nightstand in your house that would be that wobbly. Yeah, you know, we have I have something similar in my house where we have like six matching chairs at a di- like as a dining room set that are out. Mm-hmm. And one of them is always broken and my wife who's very handy is always fixing it, but it's just like irreparably broken, but we can't replace it. And then you have like an odd number of chairs. So she just keeps fixing it and then I get the bad chair, especially when we have company. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. but then like it's like breaking. So right. I I'm, if you I'm fall, like, it'll be a big laugh, but if a guest falls, it'll be mortifying. Oh, yeah, or one of the kids. Forget about it. Someone yeah. you cared about. Yeah, no, it would be bad. <laughs> but I can fall all day long through the chair. Okay. Akiva, do you have any other takes about this episode? Yeah, I loved when Larry explained to Cheryl Hines that, or to Cheryl, you know, David, or whatever her name is in the show. So, uh, wait, what's her name in the show? What's her last name? I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, um, I guess probably David. Yeah. Um, I, I love when Larry explained to her that uh, she loves being with Larry because she is morally superior to him. It makes mm-hmm. her feel good about yeah. herself. Whereas Larry is not morally superior to a single person on Earth. And that's why Larry, you know, hates animals. Larry's relationship with animals is that he is morally superior to animals. And that's <laughs> yeah, why. Or a bug that he could just crush them. Yeah, a bug that he could crush them, which maybe would make him not uh, more morally superior. There was a lot of things I liked. Um, I love the idea of tapping hours. 
Yes. Leon talking about tapping hours. That's, mm-hmm. that's a that classic true? Leon thing. Is that thing. true, Akiva? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I must be asleep during tapping hours. Yeah. I go to bed very early. Yeah. Tapping hours might be, uh, you know, 7 p.m. to 7.22 p.m. I don't know. <laughs> um, the... Uh, we have uh w- would you have named the store latte larry's did you have a better name for ld's coffee shop i think it's good I- I- it's better than mocha joe yeah mocha joe is a bad name mm-hmm. i mean it's a funny name as your nickname but i don't know it's kind of generic as a store what's your coffee shop name uh kiwi's coffee uh, yeah kiwi's coffee with a k mm-hmm. i don't know Rob's yeah. roast? Are you Rob's roast? <laughs> I, mean, I think that it sounds a little bit like Kenny Rogers roasters. I feel yeah, like that maybe, yeah, that is too you much. Think well, you could have a chicken. chicken store next door. Next hmm. door, you have a, it's like a coffee slash chicken stop shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I don't have enough nicknames to be able to pull off a good coffee shop. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. What? Write in and tell us a good coffee shop for. Uh, also, another thing I noticed on the show in terms of like very lazy things, are we to believe that labor and delivery in this hospital and, and yeah, you could ask your wife, she floor. works uh, in uh, in hospitals, same <laughs> floor as allergic reactions. Right, right. You just get admitted from the emergency room. You're right there in like uh, where the delivery rooms are. This lady's having a baby five five feet yeah. away from people who were oh who were like contagious. So I did I did watch the episode with my wife, who is a mm-hmm. nurse. She works in neonatal intensive care, and so uh, she also she hates Larry David. Uh, she was not a fan. She's that's she's crazy. She that's hates. A, she hates. Why did guts. she want to watch Curb? Is that or is she, she out thinks on he's Curb? annoying? She thinks he's annoying, and you know, all do you think he that, reminds? Yes. Uh, her of you a little yes. bit? Yeah, I think all okay. the things that she doesn't like about me, she sees in Larry mm-hmm. David. Yeah. Uh, just the, the incessant Would she sooner talking, listen to this podcast? Questions. Yeah. No, she'd or rather watch an episode of Curb. She could, she could sit through an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. She wouldn't listen mm-hmm. to any of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so then... She she like famous. She hates Larry David. She can't stand him. But uh, I, we did look at this episode, and she I uh, asked her a number of the questions about the issues of uh, okay. So when Larry's at the gym with the pregnant woman, the is nine months pregnant, and she's running. I said, well, that doesn't that doesn't look right. Is that is, is that okay? She says that's it's fine. It's fine. He's a jerk. He should mind his own business. It's fine. <laughs> And then I asked her about the coffee. What about the what about the coffee? Are you, are, you supposed, are you supposed to drink coffee? She's like, she can do whatever she wants. She's fine. She's fine. He she needs to mind his own business. So that was her official medical opinion of that. You can run when you're in very late term of the pregnancy, and also the coffee. It's fine. Can can we? Uh, can I? Break a little bit of uh, late breaking news yes. uh, that deals with our sponsor for this episode, right? Star Trek on yes. Soul Access. Yes. Do you know about this? No. What, what's happening? Uh, the uh, in in the Robin Akiva universe, Whoopi Goldberg yes. is joining season two of Star Trek Picard. Oh, she's reprising her role as Guinan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That uh, Whoopi Goldberg is a big part of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I didn't uh, know that. So she, he invited her live on air on the View today. Oh wow! She hugs him. The breaking yeah. news from the View. Yeah, well, yep. wow, the View is... has been breaking news left and right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, that and that was in in our earlier phone call right before we came on that Dr. Mike called to talk uh, schedule about potentially Dr. Mike appearing on episode number sixty nine of Robin Giving You the Podcast, and he wanted to tell us that he is actually a huge View stand, and, and we said that nobody said they wanted to be a guest for the Robin Giving Enjoy the View, and Dr. Mike has said that he never misses an episode of the View, and he could have been our guest. Imagine he's going to come on talk like people think he's going to come on talk like not safe for work stuff about yeah. urology. So if people have he's view just questions, talk about also the view. Megan McCain for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> a couple more things. Things I really like. Larry talking about how nobody wears the MAGA hat backwards. They don't yes. get like beat up from behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that would be I, somebody who's going to be the first person. Uh, another good thing when when Larry's bickering at the gym with um with Susie's friend who is very pregnant. And says you're jostling the fetus, which is such a curb term. Mm-hmm. He's, she says, "No, I consulted my midwife, who says it's fine." Mm-hmm. And then Larry says, "Well, did you consult your blacksmith?" <laughs> so Larry, anti midwife. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, I think they should bring the midwife character in. I would like to see the midwife. Yeah, I would like to see Larry become a midwife, maybe. I don't know. My, my, you know, I think I dropped this take last, um, last season we did, but I, I really firmly uh, believe this very strongly. Uh, and, and because it also mirrors Larry's real life, I do think they dropped the ball that Larry should have had a kid on the show mm-hmm. uh, when the show started. And now you could like bring it back because Larry does have a kid in real life uh, who famously dated Pete Davidson. Yes. Uh, like right before he got famous. Because I think there would be a lot of comedy from Larry having a daughter. Maybe the daughter has a boyfriend. Like, you know, it could be a Pete Davidson type even. Mm-hmm. I think that even like even if you went through the very cartoony, like Larry has a long lost daughter who's coming to live with him a la, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she dates J.B. Smoove. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to mine there. They should really do that. Or like Larry adopts a kid, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that. Uh, did they have that with the Black family had kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. The Black family had kids, but. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen uh, Vivica Fox. No, right? we don't know what happens with that. Well, and we haven't really seen. Um, we have not seen uh, when Wanda Sykes in a while either. No, no, I don't know if she's uh, out. Maybe she moved away. Yeah. Well, I think Larry's moved a few times. Also, it's it's always a different giant house. Yeah, uh, Akiva, I have a voicemail that you sent me from our uh, resident curb expert, Mister Alexander Chester. Yeah, play that. Okay. All right. Uh, here we go. This is a voicemail left for us by Alexander Chester. Steen style with a long audio recording. So basically, uh, one of the things LD talked about in the Q&A, and it's also... Do we need to set this up anymore? You feel like that we people got that he's he's going right into the Q&A stuff. Yeah. And, okay. and he's referencing a person who nobody knows. <laughs> okay addressed in the recent GQ profile on him is the fact that when Larry started creating this show, the character of Larry on the show was basically like the id version of Larry. It was it wasn't real life Larry David. It was sort of the things that he wished he could do, but obviously never would because it would be inappropriate. And the things that a lot of us wish we could do. And um, what happened, though, over time, as the show became more and more popular, is Larry David, the real life figure, people started to see him as the character on the TV show. And they, because they like him, they allowed him to get away with uh, acting in a way like he did on the TV show, even though ordinarily you can never get that way in real life. So basically, it became life imitating art where real life Larry David, who when the show started was not the TV show version of Larry David, has now become the TV show version of Larry David by by his own admittance. And so now that he's basically become the, the TV show version of Larry David, where does the TV show have to go? It has to become even more extreme because the whole point of the show is that on the show, he acts more extreme than he ever would in real life. But now he's acting in real life the way that he used to act on the show. So now on the show, he has to act more extreme. So now on the show, he has to do like these just like psychotic asshole things like pushing over a bunch of scooters or breaking some stranger selfie stick because just merely saying like possibly inappropriate things in certain contexts, like that's not going to get him far enough because he's doing that in real life already. So basically... The, he's almost a victim of his own success because he's become this ridiculous character on a TV show, gotten away with it in real life. He now has to become an even more ridiculous character on the TV show. And I guess we'll have to wait and see if reductio ad absurdum, if this just continues forever, uh, which would be entertaining to see. I mean, uh, does he become like Trump and he just literally like... Okay, like- all right, okay. Uh- <laughs> oh yeah, Rob, reducto ad absurdum. You know that, right? So yeah, I think we got it. We got, I think we got it. We need to keep saying the same thing. Uh, is this also like Chester on the podcast? Like, uh, talks about all these different crazy spreadsheets that he does and that sort of his thing. And so that now in real life, he needs to keep making like crazier lists and more absurd yeah. spreadsheets just because that the character of Chester on the podcast is known for doing these outlandish things. So in order to get the attention of the people that listen to the podcast, yeah. he needs the real life Chester has to keep doing bigger and crazier <laughs> things and uh, charting more things so he could talk about them on the podcast so that the people in real life could pay more attention to the Chester that's on the podcast. <laughs> wow, this this goes many layers. Yeah, he's a prisoner of his own charts. It reminds me of my friend in college who a couple guys were just talking about rum and I think he wanted to join the conversation. So he was like, oh yeah, big rum guy. Been drinking rum my whole yeah. life. And then they like asked him to like bring some rum back or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he had to like pretend to like rum. And he spent like th- like a thousand dollars on rum yeah. for like the, for his like dorm, whatever. And he didn't like rum. Okay. All right. Akiva, a- 
Mm-hmm. A- anything else on uh, 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 that you want to talk about with uh, Curb Enthusiasm? No. What if What if the next episode is incredible? What What are we going to do? Do we have to come back and talk if, about look, it? Look, if there's an all timer, you know, uh, and then we feel like that, hey, this merits a it, its own podcast. Then we'll let's let's do a recap. I mean, but mm-hmm. uh, we did get a, we did get a a decent amount of requests for like people have been tweeting us even today. Like, where's the Curb podcast? We yeah. did get a lot of requests. No, buddy I know. Shannon People are excited Gates the first one. Yeah, oh, Shannon Gates watches Curb. Shan- no, I don't think she watches Curb. Shannon Gates, I think now Shannon Gus, said yes. it's her dad's favorite podcast. I was talking about Curb and that we should do it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so, Uncle Kiwi, uh, let's mm-hmm. let's start to wrap wrap things up. I, I have to take my wife sure. to Costco. Uh, my computer is, that, is giving is me some weird messages. Is that a euphemism for something? Yeah, this is the big good. This is the big goodbye. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the, we should we should I've wrap been this up. Meaning to talk to you. And We've got another podcast okay. coming up tomorrow. We're going to record uh, Robin and Kiva need a podcast. Uh, is there anything else you want to say mm-hmm. about Curb? No, I like this episode. I'm still concerned about the about the direction of the season, much like last season. But I thought if all ten episodes are you know as funny as this, or even eighty percent as funny as this, then we're in for you. You forget. That the show is really funny and there are not a lot of good comedies on TV. Like, mm-hmm. how many shows do you watch regularly, Rob, where you laugh out loud multiple times? Very I'm sure few. you laughed Very out loud. Few. I'm sure you laughed out loud multiple times watching this episode. Everybody did. Yeah. No, I had some uh, some big laughs. Uh, really enjoyed it. So, uh, very, ha- very happy to have Curb back. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. No, I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. All right. There you go. All right. For more Kiva Winokur, where can people get more Uncle Kiva? Uh, I do a podcast with you called Robin and Kiva Need a Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we we did a Seinfeld podcast together once upon a time, if you've never heard that. Mm-hmm. I do a podcast with Alexander Chester. We just heard him called 32 Fans. We talk about sports. The Super Bowl's coming up. You've heard of that. I think maybe we'll talk about the Royal Rumble next week, even though I haven't really been watching wrestling for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, at Keep26 on Twitter. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Rob Sisternino, and of course... Nobody ever asks you. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, of course, all my podcasts on... Uh, Rob has a podcast as well. All right, we're 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 running out of application memory here on this recording computer, so uh, we're in uncharted mm. territory, so let's, let's get out of here with the podcast wow. still intact. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, check out Rob McKeevan in the podcast if you haven't yet, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>